Episode 48, The Youth Player Development Roadmap. Dennis Bergkamp said the following, Sometimes you put your strongest player on the bench just to let others shine. Or you put a right-footed player who can't do anything with his left on the left side and force him to use his left foot. Of course, in that game you will probably lose because you don't use your strongest players in their strongest positions. But in the end, you have a player who used their left foot when he was 12, 13, and 14. And he can use both feet when he comes to the first team. That's what we have at Ajax, and I really stand behind that. So what I'm going to share with you in this episode is what I would do if I had a kid, and for the record, I don't have a child, uh, and follow a process to help develop them. And I'm going to do it within 20 minutes. So I hope that this gives you perspective on what I would do if I was in your shoes and I had a kid that's, let's say, starting at six years old and trying to work through this system and, and the journey of going through the United States youth soccer landscape. So without further ado, let's get into this. Now, for me, if let's say I'm a parent and I have a goal of I want to give my kid the best opportunity to follow their dream. And if my kid came to me at six years old and says, Dad, I want to be a professional soccer player. Like, okay. So what I would have to do then is, and since I know a little bit about this sport and what's necessary, I would then put my player, my child, in a position that I think would give him the best opportunities at every standpoint to do so. So the first thing I would do, let's say between the ages of six and eight, a whole bunch of ball mastery, tons of ball mastery, and then small-sided games of... 1v1s, 2v2s, 3v3s. I would not want to put my child in anything above that at all. Now, when I'm talking about ball mastery, I literally mean dribbling skills and receiving skills and shooting skills. Not worried about passing. I'm worried about how they dribble. Can they beat an opponent? Can they receive the ball from a teammate and it doesn't bounce away, you know, 20, 30 feet away, 10 feet away, whatever distance? And do they have the foundation principles of shooting, right? Can they use the toe? Can they toe poke? Can they pass it in? Can they shoot with their laces, right? Basic principles that I'd want to try and make sure that my child can do. And guess what? With both feet, you would see a lot of juggling at this age group, really trying to hammer home the juggling part. And then when it comes to playing, I would want to make sure my kid is in an environment where there is no joystick coaching. Now, that would mean the coach is essentially quiet on the sideline or provides very infrequent reminders saying, hey, look to your left. You know, Kyle, look, look left next time. That's what, I, that's what I would want between that age group. Now, continuing on to the nines and tens, it'd be essentially the same thing. Honestly, essentially the same type of environment. Complete ball mastery training, lots of games. Now, one thing I didn't mention is I would want, by having that kind of uh, free play environment, I would want my kid to play in the street a lot. I would try and develop an area where I could go drop my kid off. They'd be in a safe environment, at least that I would know, and let him play. Let him fend for himself. That way they don't come looking for me, or he or she doesn't come looking for me when they're 13, 14, 15, saying, Mom, come protect me, or Dad, come protect me, please. I don't want that. If you watch the best players, they grew up where it wasn't always comfortable and they had to solve problems. That's what I would want to bring. So moving into 9 and 10, I would have followed almost the same exact plan 
Except maybe I'd let my kid go up to 4v4, 5v5. Now, I would also incorporate passing, right? I would start incorporating how to form passes, how to make passes. But just as a reminder for you, I'm looking at this as a long-term play. Because my child's coming to me saying, hey, dad, I want to be a pro. And I'm going to say, okay, little Johnny, if that's what you really want to try and do, of course, we're going to make sure you have fun playing games and doing things, but you got to start getting touches. you got to start building that. So at a minimum, out of five days of the week, 1,000 touches in the ball. 500 right, 500 left. You did it for four years. Let's do the math on that real quick. Let's do the, let's do the math. You ready? So let's say you do five days a week of outside of training or anything like that. You do 1,000 touches in the ball. 500 right, 500 left. Okay, that would be 261 days of the year focusing on touches, right? So let's, again, do the math on that. So 261 days, let's do the number, four years. That would be 1,044 days of touches outside of team training. That would already be 1,044,000 touches on the ball by the time they're 10 years old. If we just did 1,000 a day for a for five days out of the week, and in four years, we got over a million touches on the ball. That is probably like 99,000% more than what the average U.S. youth soccer player is getting. So already, my kid will be well above anybody else in terms of just individual skills. Juggling, passing, receiving, shooting. That's a huge lift. Now, when we start moving into... Oh, and that doesn't even include, by the way, the team practices. So my kid's going to be getting way more touches than anybody else and will be well above the average player in the United States by that point. Now, finding that environment is going to be critical, right? That's not just about winning, not just about trying to play the long ball. It's about trying to develop kids and focusing on 1v1s, 2v1s, 2v2s, 3v3s, and really small numbers to help my child out. Now, we start progressing to 11v11 or being 11 years old and 12 years old, Again, lots of touches, a thousand a day, and really focusing on, again, a lot of playing. So while they're going to get the repetition part, which is why we're going to have a million touches in the ball, but play a lot. Play, 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 play. I would want the environment to be centered around playing, 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 playing. Especially those first four years from six to ten. Playing, 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 playing. So much playing. And a lot of it in stress-free environments. Because here's why. I need my kid to love, to, to really love the game. To say, you know what, even when something gets hard, they're still going to want to do it. Because if, they, if they're going to become a pro, you have to love this game that much. Because you're going to find so many more hardships than simplicities or, or wins. You're going to lose a lot more. In terms of losing, I don't necessarily mean on the field. I just mean you're going to have down, down moments and a lot more than positive ones. And even when you reach the top, you're going to have a lot more down moments. So... It's just a continuous grind that you have to be able to withstand. And that's the, that's the key kicker here. So 11 and 12, again, I would probably allow them to go up to 6v6, 7v7. I wouldn't want above that. And uh, just keep playing. And doing a lot of things now focused on more, I don't want to say discipline, but more discipline work. And, and focusing on implementing these skills that we've been developing over the last four years. Really dribbling at opponents with speed taking down, maybe working on crossing, things like that to really refine the next level of development and really hammer home those 106 elements 
or 104 by the Croatian Football Federation that says if a player is going to reach the ultimate level, the Champions League level performer, like a Luka Modric, 104 elements you need to master by the age of 13, or at least be introduced by 13, all of them. So you've got to master them from that point. So guess what? That's the pathway, the timeline that I'm going to try and follow to help teach and implement those skills to my kid. So now we're going to be talking about 13, 14, 15. At this age, I want to put a little bit more pressure on my kid. I want to see, are they going to withstand? Are they going to crack? Because it's going to be this age where maybe girls start coming into play. They start going into high school. The environment's a little bit different. And you got to see, are they going to withstand? Are they going to crack? And i rather find that out sooner rather than later to be investing all my time, effort, and energy into my kid. Um, I need to make sure that they're going to withstand the pressure. So I would start ramping up. You know, the last five years or so have been a lot of fun, right? A lot of touches, a lot of playing, a lot of fun. Some environment stress, like playing in tournaments, that provides stress. But now we want to start putting up a little bit more stress, right? So 13, you start introducing a little bit more, maybe a little bit more competitive tournaments, a little bit higher level of competition, right? Instead of playing at a local club, uh, maybe go to an environment where they're training five days a week and they're playing, doesn't necessarily be the top competition, but a little bit harder, right? I'm slowly implementing a little bit more pressure to see if they can hang or crack, right? So then the next year, same type of thing. Now at this age, I want to see a little bit more tactical variance because assuming my kid at this age is going to have well over 2 million touches on the ball based on team practices and all the work we're doing alone, they should be well ahead of the curve over everybody else. But remember, I've also added a lot of playing And so I'm hoping that by the time they're 13 years old or they're playing U13, they have a lot more ruthlessness about them. They're skilled. They have development. Technically, they're very strong, but mentally, they're willing to push and hang with anybody. They'll go beat anybody. Or they have that mindset, hey, I'm going to beat you today. If I don't beat you, I'm going to work harder to beat you. That's what I'm hoping for with the five years of really small-sided play where there's a lot of... There's a lot of demand on him or her to survive, right? Solve your own problems. Figure this out. So that's what I'm hoping for with that. So now we start getting to 14. Again, more tactical stuff, but training four or five days a week minimum, plus the extra work that we're doing, you know, on the side. that. And when I say we're doing, I really don't mean me. Maybe I have to give a little bit of motivation, but they got that drive of, hey, I need to go outside and I need to work. I need to work. I need to work. I need to go find a wall and I'm hitting the wall. Because that's the type of player that's going to make it. That they have that drive of, hey, I'm going to push freaking through this and do this. So then we go into 14s and 15s. I might still be at the same club as a 13. And again, just trying to put a little bit more pressure to crack, to crack, to crack. Or to see if they withstand and, and hang in that. Then 15, if the club that I'm currently at isn't you know, at the level that I need for my kid, then I might try and find the best environment at this age group. That allows us to do that. And I, I don't know what that would be at this moment. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that because I'm not in it. But what I would do is try and make sure that I find that environment that still develops my kid, but also puts even more pressure on them. Because here's why. Once U15 is done, so I might only be at this club for one year. Once U15 is done, I'm taking my kid to go play against adults. Assuming that they have the level. So outside of playing in like pickup games against older players and things like that, I'm talking about by U16, my kid, the goal would be to go be training at least twice a week 
with an adult team. And I don't mean some Sunday league. I mean like what we have now, UPSL. I would go drop my kid off and tell him to go survive. And we'll really see how bad my kid wants it. Because in my opinion, what's the point of playing your age group anymore at U16? The best players in the world are breaking through to professional levels at 16, 17, 18 years old. They're getting first team experience at 16. Or they're playing with the U23s or something like that. So if my kid's going to make it at a high level, i got to start pushing the boundaries of where they're playing at. And again, testing. Are they going to hang or are they going to crack? So that's what I need to start finding out. Now that doesn't mean, and I, I couldn't tell you this right off the bat, are they going to be full-time adult? Probably not, right? Because there's there's a big adjustment. Unless maybe it's like UPSL too that's a little bit easier, but it's still the same type of, of performance level or in pressure level. Like, hey, you're now against adults. Time to step up. If I can find an environment that allows my kid to be full-time adult, I'm investing in that. I'm doing that. Because here's why. Let's imagine a kid 16 years old plays two seasons of UPSL. Let's imagine the first year they play UPSL 2. The second year they're playing UPSL 1. I bet you in two years of doing that, they're going to be way more prepared for, say, the college level or USL 1, USL Championship, MLS, or maybe overseas because they're getting that experience early. Is it going to be easy? Of course not. Of course it's not going to be easy. But they're going to get that experience that, hey, i got to figure this out because I'm playing against adults. And there's plenty of good UPSL teams that try and play good football. The players are a good level and put them in the environment to play. Now maybe what I do is two days a week of UPSL and two days a week of, say, U18. And that way they're getting pushed physically, mentally, and they got to survive playing up two years and then playing adult. So from that point, really, to be honest with you, it's on my kid. And the whole time it's on the kid, but at the younger ages, pretty much up to 14, 15, you're, you're just kind of guiding. But once they hit that 15, 16, it's, okay, kid, how bad you want it? All right, son, how bad do you want it? Okay, my daughter, how bad do you want it? And that's what you got to figure out is, are they going to break? Or are they going to hang in there and take it? And that's what you got to find out. Because anything above that, I mean, you can still try and help, right? Maybe become your kid's agent or something like that and, and try and get them a contract or whatever. Uh, but it's going to come from the kid. The kid's got to want it. So at 16, they should be going, Mom, Dad, I, I want to be playing the... I want to be playing adult-level football. Adult-level football. So at this point, it's really going to be on my kid to see how bad they want it. And what's their next step after, say, UPSL? Now, that would be college. That would be going overseas. And this should be assuming that I don't really have... I, I don't have... I don't have a European passport. Don't have it. Um, so I would have to find a solution, assuming that I have to stay in the United States, to develop. Now, one side note that I didn't mention through this podcast, but I'm going to say it now, is really, really, to be honest with you, I would try, especially from 6 to 12, really focus on futsal. Futsal development. That's what I would want to prioritize my kid in because you will see exponential growth very quickly. And it really helps add value to the player in terms of how they develop. So, and I didn't mention that earlier, that's my fault, but I'm adding it now. 
that I would try to build a program or find a program that would put futsal at the forefront of development for the first six years of their life. Futsal, 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 futsal. If I couldn't do that, I would try and replicate futsal on a soccer field, just as a side note. Okay, but now after 16, 17, 18, they're fighting for their next thing. College, pro, maybe we find a process to go overseas, and uh, we do all the work we need to. So that that's really my roadmap for you. And take it for what it is, as somebody that has a little bit of knowledge about how to develop a player, and I'm not sitting here and I'm not telling you that I'm the expert, but that's, that's the kind of pathway that I would follow, right? By the time they're 12 years old, they should have over 2 million touches in the ball and so many games without any type of instruction. Just playing. Because I need my kid to fall in love with this game. Like Patrice Everest said, the former Manchester United left back, he says all the time, I love this game. That's the kind of passion I want my kid to have. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're enjoying the podcast and finding valuable information from it. Now, I do have a quick ask of you, and that would be to make sure to follow me on all social media platforms like Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, which is at Kyle C. Wilson Official, and on Twitter, which is the Kyle C. Wilson. And if you could help me do that, that would continue to help reinforce the ideas that I want to continue producing content specifically made for you guys to help educate you. And as always, you know I'm there to help as I have $23,195 worth of content available for free through my YouTube channel that will answer and help a lot of the problems that you're going through, or at least your child's going through. So if you haven't found that yet, go to the YouTube channel, Kyle C. Wilson Official. And without further ado, let's get back into the episode.